Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the next episode of The Grind. Uh, Second episode in to 2018. And so I am Dave McClung, and with me, as always, is the lovely Chad Grigsby and his lit. You know, Dave, it is a good afternoon if you listen to this podcast in the afternoon. However, (laughs) if you're... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you're not we listening rec- this in the afternoon, then that just made no sense. So uh, We are definitely recording it in the afternoon. That's right. But, uh, that's wherever right. you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever. Yeah. Good Welcome morning, good to afternoon, the good night, yeah, uh, right. to quote Jim Carrey from The Truman Show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, there you all go. right. Okay. Well, we're glad you're back and uh, uh, listen to us again. And uh, um, great, great time today. Looking forward to today. At last uh, last episode had my dad on the podcast, which is always a kind of a cool, uh, cool thing. Sixty years in the ministry, and uh, just so many experiences, and so much. And you guys who listen to the podcast know that I quote him often on here, and so it was great to finally hear straight from the horse's mouth. And so we go from my dad to my pastor this week. Yeah, no, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I guess I'm kind of a glutton for punishment. Uh, we're excited to have my pastor, Bill Elif, pastor at Summit Church in North Little Rock. Uh, and, uh, you know, Dad had 60 years in the ministry, and Bill's got 50. So we're starting wow. with the good old guys. Yeah, bookended it. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. That's 110 years. That's 110 years. That would, that wow. would seem to me that we would be really smart, but that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, I tell you. The you know as much as I quote Dad, I equally quote Bill Elif, and so he his statements he makes in his sermons wind their way into my sermons quite often <laughs> as well. So uh, so we're excited to have Bill on with us, and uh, and so uh, we're just going to kind of dive in and and talk through kind of your years of ministry, things you've learned. Talk through uh, you know for those of you who don't know Bill and and Summit Church. Uh, prayer has, is such a huge part of Summit Church's DNA and making sure that the presence of Christ is central in everything that we do. So we're going to talk about that. And Bill's written several books, but the newest one is called The Presence-Centered Church. And so we'll kind of dive into to that a little bit and talk about what it means to have Christ's presence at the center of your church and building around that and upon that. And and so uh, so we're excited to have him in uh, today. And so we're just going to jump in. And so, so you've been in ministry 50 years now mm-hmm. and uh, uh dad used to always say the the best way to have a long healthy ministry is don't die yeah. and uh <laughs> <That's right>. makes, <laughs> so makes a huge difference it does it yeah. does yeah. so well done yeah. <laughs> so you know based on those 50 years of ministry you know what are what are some key things that you've learned over the years that that have led to such a long and, mm-hmm. and healthy ministry well i i think Without hesitation, I could answer that pretty quickly for me. And uh, first of all, it is just the daily intake of the Word of God. And people say, Bill, you know, what if there's any success in your life, what is the key? I say, well, you know, somebody taught me, my brother, really, Jim, mm-hmm. 
challenged me when I was 17 to begin reading systematically through the Word and recording what I what I saw. Mm-hmm. And uh, that discipline through the years, uh, you have opened a communication line to the Father. Mm-hmm. And so without that, you, you ain't got that, right. and you're on your own. So I think the Word of God in prayer and just communing with the Lord is critical. And I want to say... Also, beyond that, is just intimacy with Christ. I know, I know people that read their Bible, but they're not intimate with with Christ. Mm-hmm. They're not ex- experiencing the uh, what I call in another book the essential presence mm-hmm. of Christ. Uh, Spurgeon wrote about this, and he said, you know, it's wonderful to know the doctrines of the faith. It's thrilling to know your, the assurance of your salvation. But it's it's very different to know Christ in an experiential way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think early on, uh, I got a taste in some environments I was in of the manifest presence of Christ and that more things could happen in five minutes than 50 years of our best human effort. So I'm uh, it's been the pursuit of my heart uh, off and on, you Mm -hmm. know, the best I can to pursue that personally and then to build churches around that corporately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if somebody uh, you know, was going to cultivate that in, in their lives you know, and, and really uh, kind of build in that discipline, you know, what, what has that looked like for you over mm-hmm. the years, you know, just practically, yeah. uh, day in, day out? Well, uh, uh, early on, you know, you've heard of a set time, a set place, and a set plan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, early mornings are the best for me. I'm an early riser, and, uh, and I have a spot I go to. And I, it's amazing when you have a spot, you instantly get into that mind frame. You don't, you, you don't have to, you know, change everything and quiet stuff down. It's just, you know, it's there, it's quiet, it's, it's, and it becomes very, very special to you. Yeah. And uh, and then a set plan. I, f- I find that when I have no plan for my eating, it's Oreo City all the way. <laughs> <laughs> but but double stuff, by the way. But, yeah, yeah. But uh, I need I need a well-rounded diet. Yeah. And and when I have no plan for my Bible reading, it's Philippians. You know, yeah. and I don't read Judges and uh-huh. and uh, you know Ezekiel and whatever. So uh, I do. I systematically read through the Bible every year. And an interesting little thing about ten years ago, uh, I heard about a guy who was reading the Bible with some guys online. So I, I went to twenty five men that I knew, and I said, "Hey, would you like to read through the Bible with me? I'll shoot you the text every morning." And a little thought about something I've seen, and then when you, when you read, you you shoot it to all of us, mm-hmm. and we'll just have this running dialogue all day about what we're seeing in the Word. Well, they did it, and they started saying, uh, "Hey, can I can I have somebody? Uh, can we add another guy?" Well, now there are ninety five guys on this. <laughs> wow. I call them my big dogs. D- daily online group study. My my dogs. So I call them my big dogs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's been an amazing little uh, accountability. I don't miss a day. Yeah. Because I know those guys are waiting on that early in the morning. Yeah. But beyond that, I think just the discipline of saying, 
this is my most important appointment of the day. Yeah. It just is. And yeah. everything everything flows from the presence of the Lord. Yeah. So uh, uh, I remember the Art DeMoss, I don't know if you know that name, mm-hmm. but started the largest Christian foundation in history, still is, uh, died at the age of 42, but led 40,000 people to Christ. Wow. And he came to Christ at age 28. Oh, wow. And he, his testimony was he never missed a morning spending an hour with the Lord. Mm. And he would have presidents and Billy Graham in his house, you know, and at 10 o'clock at night, every night, I know his daughter well, and he would say, well, you can stay as long as you like, but I've got a, my most important appointment is early in the morning, mm. and I've got to go prepare for that appointment. Wow, and it huh. paid off. Yeah, it just paid off. Yeah. You know, so how am I? How can I tell people what God is saying if I'm not listening to yeah. God? Yeah, I can give them my best opinion, which is about worth about as much as that <laughs> beard you've got on right there. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is turning into it's looking a good. Yeah, yeah, it's looking good. Uh, it's filling out a little bit. Yeah, I, I figure uh, brawny paper towels will be calling me soon. To, uh, to be their, yeah, their I, I wouldn't hold my breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm channeling my inner lumberjack. Here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's not working for you. Let me just. No, say. it's not. It's not. It's not. So. Um, well, Bill, you guys talk, you know, a lot about prayer, but it's not just talk. You guys have really built Summit on the foundation of prayer. So we wanted to kind of look into that a little bit and ask you a few questions about it. The first one being, did it start out that way? Like mm-hmm. when you started Summit, did it did it start with the prayer emphasis that it has today? Mm-hmm. Um, or was that something that you guys transitioned to over time mm-hmm. uh, as you cultivated? Yeah. Uh, I think the answer to that's yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and when we began 19 years ago, uh, we started in a school and uh, we had access to it on a Wednesday night too. So so we just said on Wednesday night, we're just going to pray. We're going to pray. Uh-huh. And and I walked very carefully for months and months, teaching our people how to pray. And uh, and we were praying corporately as we moved we it kind of changed our schedule and uh, some things and but we decided let's build a prayer into every single aspect of the life of our church so we have a elder uh, system of government and on thursdays we meet for two hours early in the morning six o'clock the first hour of that, we're praying. Mm-hmm. We're reading the Word. We're praying together for the flock. Uh, our uh, pastoral team uh, on Tuesday mornings, uh, they come together with no agenda but to pray. They know we don't we don't schedule any meetings behind this. We have some, mm-hmm. but we know that if we need two hours, we're going to take a full two hours. We need three, that'd be glorious. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a staff meeting that we add prayer to. It's a prayer meeting. Yeah. Uh, guys, I think this is the most important meeting of our week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without any hesitation, because what's happened is that we really pray, and it's phenomenal at the end of those prayer times how many God-initiated plans, ideas will just come out of that, that yeah. we didn't have to spend five hours with a whiteboard 
the Lord just leads us through that. It's also my time. We we hire young guys, and it's my time to kind of disciple and pour into those young men, and uh, and teach them how to pray. Mm-hmm. Because if if we have youth guys who know how to pray and see the value of it, then they're going to build a youth team that prays. Mm-hmm. Same thing systemically through our whole church. So uh, we're we're trying at multiple. Our men, you know, Dave is a part of our men's. Uh, prayer time on on uh, Wednesday morning, so we're trying to just build it uh, systemically. And we we were just talking the other day. We need more prayer. Yeah, we 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 need more corporate prayer. We have corporate prayer times, but we need more. And we're always thinking of how to do that better. I I, th- I think the the bottom line of this, honestly, for any pastor, is we're not going to build this in the church if it's not in your heart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like evangelism. It's like anything. Uh, it's got to be in your heart that I can't do this thing without prayer. Yeah, and, and it's not a side room; it's the foundation. Yeah, well, and that's one of the things that you know when we joined Summit uh, four years ago now, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know my wife and kids, all of us had several different things we loved about Summit. You know, worship is fantastic. Pete Lee is incredible. Preaching is incredible. Preaching is <laughs> stunning. It's stunning. And, uh, and so, uh, I mean, so many, you know, so many different things. But, I, you know, first conversation you and I had when we came is that I wanted to learn how to pray like mm-hmm. you guys pray. And it's always been, always felt like there was a, a weak, discipline for me partly because of my ADD and mm-hmm. and uh, just not being able to sit still well and and really and not having a plan for that mm-hmm. prayer time right and so when that Wednesday morning time has really taught me to develop a plan uh, you know with prayer prompts okay I'm praying through the word God what do you have to say mm-hmm. to me from from your word here and then I'm praying through some of those things and the specific mm-hmm. people that I'm praying for uh, each morning and and it's just it's and I I move when I pray I'm an aesthetic right. learner and so I'm up and I move yeah. and that helps me focus and and uh, just so many things God has taught me uh, out of that prayer time mm-hmm. and I know you know the rest of the guys there feel the same way as well, well. You, you know what we do about ninety percent of the time in our Tuesday morning deals we take a passage of scripture we read it I say to the guys what observations what do you see in this passage and then we pray it in yeah. We pray it in. So this, this, you're talking about your daily quiet time, this is a great pattern. Yeah. Instead of just reading the Bible and making a few observations, yeah. it's taking taking what God showed you and, and really praying that in. Yeah. Lord, now I'm going to make this. Lord, would you do this in yeah. me? And I see this in David's life. Would you do this in me? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see this, what Saul did, and I've got a, I got a guy who's a Saul, and so, Lord, you know, protect him here, and et cetera. Yeah. That makes it very personal and intimate and, and, and prayerful. Yeah. And, I, you know, the thing is that I've seen, you know, over the last few years and being part of this group is this is not just a prayer time. This is leadership development as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, God is raising up leaders and changing men's lives mm-hmm. in, in those those times and and uh, you know for for our church planners out there to to begin 
a church planting journey with this kind of DNA component. Absolutely. That you've got you've got men and women getting together on a regular basis, you know, praying for the church, praying for one another, praying mm-hmm. for God to speak, God to move, all, all these things. That's great leadership development time mm-hmm. as well as seeking the face of God and, and direction. Mm-hmm. You know, one, one Sonny Tucker said to me one day something about, you're the prayer guy, and I said, I said, well, could I qualify that a little bit? I said, I hope that I'm the presence of Christ guy. Yeah, and prayer is the avenue to that. So, so I I often say everything flows from the presence of the Lord. If you have Him, you got everything mm-hmm. in a worship service, uh-huh. in my personal life, in my planning. If I don't have Him, what in the world have I got? Yeah, you know. So prayer. And the word is the pathway to the presence of Christ, yeah. and and uh, that's why prayer is so important. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Well, and you can be the coolest church on the corner, uh, but without, oh yeah, <laughs> without the presence of Christ. Uh, yeah, got it. Uh, John said a few things to some churches about uh, mm-hmm. that in Revelation. And, well, we complain a lot, you know, about churches that don't change their wineskins. Yeah. But you can get a brand new wine skin with no wine in it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and which is worse? Well, they're both they're mm. both ineffective. But right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Well, and and talk, you know, kind of jumping off with that uh, presence of Christ aspect. You know, your your book you just recently you know, wrote called Presence Centered Church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are kind of some of the essential elements? And we've talked about prayer. We've talked about being in the Word. But what are some of the things that you've seen over the years that uh, are necessary for assuring Christ's presence, mm-hmm. you know, in in our gatherings in our body, uh, right. as it as it grows. And well, in the book, I try to lay out the premise of why we need the presence of Christ, and then systematically walk through chapter by chapter what would it take to get there. Mm-hmm. The first thing is you have to be a leader who walks with the presence of Christ. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Uh-huh. We can't fake this. Right. And uh, and I walk through how daily time, concentrated time, prayer, fasting, the word, accountability, dealing quickly with sin, mm-hmm. are all the things that that open the way for the presence of Christ in your life personally. So I mean, don't it's foolish for us to think about building a church the presence of Christ if the pastor's not willing to let the presence <laughs> of Christ come. I mean, how, how yeah, ridiculous that's is that? kind of an oxymoron. It yeah, really kind of is, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But secondly, uh, I've been in all kinds of churches. You know, for years I was in, uh, you know, a church that's 125 years old and, you know, all these kinds of things. What I notice, guys, is there are... There are uh, what I would call spiritual barriers or bunkers, mm-hmm. and there are uh, there are structural bunkers. So uh, in the in the Gulf War, you know, they had those bunker buster bombs mm-hmm. that would come down and just blow these bunkers up, and then they could walk in. Well, in our churches, we've got all these bunkers that abort the presence of God. And Hmm. I think the first thing you have to do as a pastor is assess that. Mm -hmm. So I used to be in a ministry where we'd come into churches for two weeks, life action, and put our stethoscope to the church and say, what is it that is holding back the presence of Christ? And after a while, it's just a no-brainer. You just see things. Mm -hmm. Well, well, this is – it's pride. It's immorality. It's materialism. It's – 
you know, it's an unwillingness to surrender to the Lordship of Christ. I mean, whatever it is. Yeah. So as pastors, our one of our greatest tasks is to do that kind of spiritual examination on the church all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then apply the things. We know that God has his means of grace, his tools that he uses. Uh, preaching is like a hammer that shatters a rock. The mm-hmm. Word of God is like... So preaching in those ways, teaching in those ways, uh, doing things that, that kind of ex- challenge us and break the logjam up spiritually in our life. So I have to go after those spiritual bunkers. But then secondly, I have to go after the structural bunkers that are hindering the presence of Christ. I was consulting a church down in Texas one time, and, and it had been a great church, and it dwindled down to a small number, and but it had some great, strong leaders in it. And uh, and they said, we don't know why we can't you know get start reaching people. I, st- I kept hearing all these ministries, you know, and I, I got a whiteboard, and I said, hey, tell me, just e- name every ministry you got. Well, there were, th- there were about 300 people coming. It used to be 1,000. Wow. And uh, so which means there were probably about 75 adults that were running everything. Right. And mm. so they st- we started listing these ministries. They had 60 ministries. Wow. Now you that sounds like a lot, but that you'd be shocked in any church. Yeah. And seventy-five people were trying to do sixty ministries, <laughs> and they wondered why things weren't working. Yeah, yeah. It was a structural problem. It was yeah. a wineskin problem. Yeah. Mm. And so uh, we had to we had to break up some of those wineskins, which is hard. Yeah. And and sometimes it's it's a wineskin uh, that we've got in our worship. We got to be through by twelve o'clock, and and so the spirit of God. I don't care what God's doing. We're going to be through by twelve o'clock. Yeah. That's that's a structural issue. Yeah. It's a heart issue, but it's also a structural issue that yeah. you got to say no. We're going to design our worship services so we have flexibility if the Lord shows up. Yeah. And uh, you know it's kind of foolish to say God, you can only work. From eleven to twelve, <laughs> and that's after that. Not the roast so much. is burned. The roast and it's is burned. Just bad. <laughs> so I think we've got to evaluate these things, and then we have to look at every area of the life. What is our prayer ministry like? Is it secondary, or is it back burner, or non-existent? Mm-hmm. And that's got to. We got to return that to a foundational place. Uh, the teaching of the word, uh, uh, evangelism, missions. You know, yeah. just. Uh, we got to bring those things in their proper place. Yeah, yeah. So what what would be your advice to young church planters? They're starting out. Where do you start? You know, with cultivating some, so you don't wind up with sixty ministries and forty people doing this. Right. You know, really prioritizing. You know, what would you say? Okay, if you're going to do anything, start here. And do these oh, three things, right. four things, right? Uh, you know. Well, I think, you know, this is, honestly, if we read our Bibles, this is a no-brainer. Right. So Acts, Acts 2, 42 gives us that, the apostles' teaching, yeah. prayer, uh, you know, the ministry of the Word of God. The, the Acts 6, they said, we will give ourselves, and listen to the order, to the ministry of prayer and the Word. Yeah. That's the order mm. in Acts 6, 4. Yeah. So I, I think uh, I would say 
developing a core team that knows how to get into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm building my core team, we got all this stuff to do. We want to reach the community, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. First, we've got to learn how to walk in the presence of God. Yeah. So we've got to learn how to pray together and to pray effectively. And I'm not talking about taking two years to do that. I'm just talking about it permeates everything in our core, and we just say, hey, from the beginning, this is it. I've got, I've got a buddy uh, over in uh, Alabama who uh, was at Gardendale, and he went and started this church, and he just said from the beginning, this is going to be a church founded on prayer. Mm-hmm. They've seen 1,500 people come to Christ wow. in the first three years. Wow! Now, he's a kind of wild-eyed evangelist, too. Yeah, yeah. But everybody in that church knows the yeah. foundation is prayer. Yeah, yeah. So I would, mm-hmm. I would build that and then, and then f- develop leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to have leaders— and, and then, uh, honestly, our strategic planning process that we've developed over the years is one of the most important things that we, we do. Yeah. So to think strategically, uh, and, and right now in our time of the year, we're doing a SWOT analysis, SWOT. We look at the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. I was involved in that this morning mm-hmm. with our, our leaders uh, we are ruthlessly evaluating everything. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, you throw it out. So, so you know, focusing on how do we cultivate the presence of God, how we listen to him, focusing on leaders who know how to do that. Our leadership team is the rudder of our church mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, is the, it's, it's foundational. And then, and then doing the kind of strategic planning that keeps you from being a mile wide and an inch deep, that keeps you focused on the three to five things that are really essential, discipleship, uh, prayer, evangelism, mm-hmm. worship. You know, I, honestly, I, I think, you know, Warren, the five purposes of the church, is well, Warren's great contribution to us was helping us think strategically. Yeah. yeah. You know. These five things are most important. I think he missed one, and that's stewardship. I yeah. think in Acts, uh, giving was as critical an issue as anything. So I think there's six yeah. areas that we need to focus on. Yeah, uh, Great. That's great. And one other thing I would say, uh, having planted a church and then planted many churches since then, uh, you have to understand in church planning that you layer things in. Right, right. So you don't start full-blown with everything. Right. You know, you don't start with a full-blown youth ministry. You don't yeah. even think about youth ministry. Yeah. Uh, uh, you start with the, the main things or the main things, and then as you grow, you can add in this and you can add in this. And, yeah. you know, I, we've got to start an effective children's ministry right off the bat because yeah. if people come and their kids aren't taken care of, we're, we're, that's the last time we'll see them. Right. So that's a, that's a priority. That's on the front burner. Mm-hmm. But, but you're, they're okay if we don't have this thing. Yeah. And so, you know, great worship, uh, great small groups, uh, you know, and a, a outstanding children's ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, those kind of programmatic things. Mm-hmm are critical and then you just layer things in as you have new volunteers and and money and yeah. resources to do it you know yeah 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 um well i think you know you just gave some great advice to planters 
but what, what what is one more piece of advice maybe or the most important piece of advice that you would say to a guy who's starting out uh having having failed in some church plants you know <laughs> one particular that was probably the greatest thing we ever did we learned more through that failure oh, than, mm-hmm. than than we did through anything mm-hmm. uh I would say that, in my opinion, in a church plant, everything rises and falls on a well-prepared leader and a godly leader. Uh So I would say to a church planter, you have got to get some training. And the cool thing now is that uh, that, that's available. It's available through through the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. It's available places like us. We've started a church residency, mm-hmm. uh, pl- church planning residency. A lot of churches are starting to do that, mm-hmm. and it's uh, from my understanding. Now, Dave, you correct me if this is wrong. It used to be eight out of ten church plants fail, and I was at Nam not long ago, and they quoted that now because of all this this training, eight out of ten church plants are succeeding. Mm-hmm. And uh, and nine out of ten multi-site plants succeed. So uh, I think that's because we have seen too many young guys go out with great vision mm-hmm. and passion, and they don't know quite what they're doing, and they don't have the wisdom that keeps them out of the ditches. Yeah. So uh, if you can find a great sponsoring churches that not just given money. But you got some mentors in your life that yeah. will really talk into you, and you're not afraid to admit you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think is just absolutely essential. Yeah, you know, a church plant can blow up real quickly. Yeah, uh, we had a we had a leadership crisis in our fourth year, and we were at I don't know five six hundred people, and uh, maybe a little more than that, and and. Uh, we brought in a consultant guy, and he said, "You know, you you were you were about a one month away from implosion wow. uh, because he said you grew so quickly uh, that there there was there was organiz- there was a lack of organizational clarity. Mm-hmm. We all loved each other, but it had been three guys in the back of a pickup starting this thing, <laughs> yeah. and it, and and we we didn't know what each one was doing, and it was getting really frustrating." Yeah. So uh, I needed some out. I needed an outside voice yeah. to come mm-hmm. in and just say, "Hey, well, what's going wrong here?" He spotted it in a day, yeah, and just saved us. I mean, it really saved us. Yeah, we're at uh, our most recent look. We're at ninety-two point six percent success rate here in Arkansas. It's amazing right now, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's been that way for a few years now, and uh, which is has bucked the the national trends for a while. That's and, unbelievable. And so that's great. But I think a lot of the reason why is because we have, you know, guys like you and, mm-hmm. you know, Archie Mason and John McCallum and mm-hmm. Manly Beasley and so many mm-hmm. of these key pastors, great pastors that are investing in young guys and, and bringing them under their wings and, and uh, pouring into them, whether it's a, an ongoing monthly coaching thing or a, you know, one day event or a, Hey, we grab coffee every now and then. And, yeah, and Dave, I think what I'd love for the guys listening to this to know is the older guys, 
They long to do this. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if some, yeah. somebody says, well, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm taking your time. You know, I said, well, number one, you got an overestimated opinion of how busy I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and number two, the uh, older you get, if you have, as my dad used to say, one eye and a half cents, you realize, okay, now at this stage, my, my highest and best use is to build into the next generation. Yeah. So if I have somebody that wants to listen yeah. and will let me coach them a little bit, I think I could really help them. Yeah. And uh, so there, there are guys around you yeah. uh, in your association or that live close to you that would just die yeah. to go to coffee with you and, and you pick their brain. And you'd be better for it, and you'd be shocked at how much he would be better for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we hear that all uh, the time. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, one of the things you know, we talk through with our church planners, you know, you know what's the, the big thing you need? What's the thing you find most valuable in your partnerships? And, I mean, it's almost 100% the first thing they're going to say is the relationship, mm-hmm. uh, the friendship, and, right. and and knowing that they can pick up the phone and call that partner church pastor, and mm-hmm. and he listens and encourages. And, yeah. and the finances are great, and, mm-hmm. and everybody needs money to plant a church. Right. But every, I don't know if we've had a guy yet that has not started with that, that relationship mm-hmm. or, right. or prayer. You yeah, know, one of those two yeah. things, mm-hmm. and because uh, you get in those trenches, and you know, at the end of the day, money's not going to fix everything. No, and uh, you know, or to put a bandaid on some stuff. But if people aren't praying, mm-hmm. and and there's not somebody in your corner to be that Barnabas, to be that Paul, to mm-hmm. encourage, to challenge, to coach, then it doesn't matter if you have all the money in the world. You're missing. Mm-hmm. You're missing mm-hmm. Christ. You're missing community. You're missing accountability. Right. And, and mm-hmm. it's gonna and it's gonna crumble. So. Uh, uh, man, that's great, great stuff. So, and to to all those listening, pastors and and planners alike, you know, if you guys pastors are interested in coming alongside some of our planners and being an encourager, you know, being willing to you know to have coffee a couple of times a month with some of these guys and and just listen to what they're doing and and give some advice and encouragement, pray with them. We would love to plug you in with some planters. Yeah. And Absolutely. planters, if you're longing for this and don't have this, this needs to be of utmost priority. And call Chad or I and, mm-hmm. and let us connect you. And that's part of our job is to be connectors here at the ABSC and, and I think one of our strengths. And so we have guys that would love to do this, and you need somebody to do this mm-hmm. with you. And so, so let us help connect you in, in all of that. All right, so, yeah. man – I've I've got 900 other questions I'd love to ask, but we're sitting at about 34 minutes right here. So uh, you know, at, at some point, I, I do want to. I'd love to do a, another a part two of this, and really yeah. unpack the way you guys have um, used your elders. Mm-hmm. What from what what their responsibilities are, what you do with them to continue mm-hmm. to equip them so that you guys stay on the same page, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how they come alongside you and the staff and support you guys. And I've seen this and watched this now mm-hmm. for about four years. We have a lot of church planters that have elders in their churches, but they're not real sure what to do with them. Yeah, I would love to talk about that because – I tell people it's the rudder of our ship. Yeah. Other mm. than other than the presence of Christ and enemies, yeah. that's a given. Yeah. The second most important question I would say to church planner is, what's your church government? Yeah. And how are you going to make it really work? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it is an essential question. Yeah. 
to answer. And of course, I our our perspective on that with our elder leadership, but then developing that practically. Yeah. What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. It's really critical. Okay, part two is coming up. <laughs> We're going to well, do part two and dive into that. It's it's a huge issue because I think a lot of guys, most guys we work with start with elders, but they've never seen an elder. Yeah. <laughs> they've never been a part of an elder's meeting or never you know, they didn't grow, an elder. Yeah, yeah. They didn't grow up in churches with elders, so yeah. it's, it is and an me- interesting dynamic. Yeah. And many of them are youngers, not elders. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's, that's well, even and, more, yeah. And yeah. that is an issue in young church plants yeah. is having people that are eld enough yeah. you know, to, to have hair. some wisdom and, and be able right. to speak in. And so, okay, yeah. we're going to do part two on that coming up. So stay tuned <laughs> for round two with Bill Eliff on uh, yeah. elders. And so, and, and that's that's an episode we could we could talk a lot yeah. all the way through yeah. the whole episode. But mm-hmm. in all seriousness, I want to do that some point all right so we're going to wrap up we, we do this with all of our guests and uh we call it rapid fire okay and so not slow walk but rapid, rapid fire. fire okay and so these are the as we say the burning questions our listening audience really wants to know about yeah. you oh there i got it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so so here we go. Okay, what's the top one or two books that had that you read that had the most impact on you in ministry? Uh, the Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer, uh, George Mueller of Bristol by A.T. Pearson. I think Purpose Driven Church uh, really changed my thinking dramatically. Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. There's four uh, <laughs> yeah. that are yeah. that are good. Uh, yeah, just a lot of yeah. great books. And speaking of fresh wind, fresh fire, folks, Jim Simbola will be at our evangelism conference yep. coming up. So yep. got to be there for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, maybe maybe after this this podcast might that's be right. released Actually, after yeah. after he's here. So yeah, uh, right. <laughs> it was so, great to have Jim Simbola. <laughs> yeah, uh, really Jim. Wasn't Jim, Jim great? What Jim was he was, great. Uh, yeah. and he was so good. Yeah. Uh, I thought when he said that stuff about you know God, that was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> That in prayer was worth the admission. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. What about your biggest strength and weakness in ministry? Personally, you talking about yes. my strength? Yep. Your, your I, strength I think and... my my strength would be my preaching. Honestly, I've always had a drive for that, and I think um, team building is a strength for me. Uh, I think weakness uh, is evangelism. Uh, honestly, mm. I think that's uh, that's the place I'm not naturally driven, and right. I have to put men around, get men around me that 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 keep me focused on that. I mean, I think of it in the big picture, but mm-hmm. practically, uh, I think that's a that's a weakness. Yeah. Favorite pastime or hobby? Uh, I've got eight kids <laughs> and fifteen <laughs> grandkids, yeah. so my favorite pastime would be. Golf and woodwork. My real pastime is taking care of kids and grandkids. Uh, yeah. That's, that's Golf, woodwork, and babysitting. Babysitting. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, all right. How about your favorite movie? You've got mail. I could I could watch that movie. The yeah. acting in that yeah. is pretty incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in for a good action t- thriller anytime. Yeah. Uh you know, but uh, but the act I like great acting yeah. and uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan together. That's a that's, that's a, a good combo. Combination. Anything they did was pretty pretty yeah. amazing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. I'm a big Tom Hanks fan. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. favorite band or musician? Band or musician, man. 
Uh, you know, believe it or not, I listen to uh, Alison Krauss quite a oh, quite yeah. a bit. And uh, but the man, you know who I'm talking about. If you were born in my generation, the man was is James Taylor. He's always has been, always oh, yeah. will be. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, from a secular standpoint, yeah. that would that would be. Yeah. All As right. you were saying, Alison Krauss, I thought you were going to say Alice in Chains at first. <laughs> yeah. Which I was, uh, yeah. I was like. All right, we're just okay. on uh, my podcast. I actually yeah. have Alice in Chains and Alice yeah. Krauss well, on my yeah. iPod. And what's interesting, I don't even know who you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> and I'm glad. Uh, yeah. I'm Mate, not going to go I run add, out and buy an hey, album. You need, you need to ask uh, uh, David and Daniel about Alice in Chains because okay. they are a Seattle band. Well, I want to tell you something. Uh, Dave, uh, who's the other guy from the big guy that's from Seattle? Uh, Dave Matthews. Oh yeah, lives yeah. in the area where uh, Dave is planting a church. Oh, my really? son Dave. Oh wow! And he cool. and he met him the other day. Oh wow! He oh, wow. was he was running in the rain, and uh, he he paused at a corner, and my son said to me, "Hey, you're Dave Matthews, aren't you?" Yeah, yeah, I am. He said, "Well, glad to meet you. I'm planting a church here." <laughs> And uh, come, so he lives right around the corner. Wow, wow, that's pretty cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, that's a neat story. Yeah. Uh, hey, I want to add one more rapid fire question, just off the cuff here, if it's okay. Uh, many people know that you work with two Reno brothers, the oh, pastor, <laughs> who have been uh, on the podcast as well. Mm, yeah, mm, mm. they pastor each of the other campuses. So mm. I want to ask you, how many Reno brothers is too many Reno brothers? Two. <laughs> two. <laughs> Yeah, two. I, I don't know why we hired the second one. I mean, it's it's just like chaos. Those, those guys are a special breed, man. I'm telling you. And and Alabama football uh, is uh, is pretty. It's pretty frightening being around them during football season. Yeah, oh, it's pretty obnoxious. Let's say that word. Yeah. But they are uniquely gifted men. Yeah. I, I'd have to say both of those guys are. Our, well, I'm. We're really grateful the Lord led them our way. Yeah, and, that's uh, awesome. So. We are too. Yeah, we are too. Yep. They yep. become great friends. They're catalytic guys. Love those guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need to clone them. And mm-hmm. if we could, if we could weed out, you know, splice the Alabama football DNA out. Oh of yeah, them. or just Alabama. Period. Period. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and leave everything else. Mm. Well, that'd be great human uh, beings. It is. Uh, it'd be perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until then, you got a little imperfection. That's going right. On. That's yeah. right. That's well. We've all got to cross the bear in some yeah, place. That's that's, right. that's there. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, thanks so much for coming on with us, uh, man. This has been great, as knew it would, and mm-hmm. and uh, we'll look at another time, do part two, and mm-hmm. talk about elders because that that really is such a big issue. You know, a lot of our church plants, and and I, I know our our guys could really use some counsel and, and advice on that, mm-hmm. and really help them out, strengthen their leadership, strengthen their churches. And so, uh, so we'll we'll do round two and talk about that. Awesome, thanks, guys, right, thanks and thanks much. thanks for all you're yeah. doing in the state. Yeah. It it uh, it's it's noticed by us and and uh, and noticed by the Lord. Yeah. And it and I, I don't I don't know many places like uh, that have the team that we have in Arkansas, and I'm yeah. just so grateful. So grateful to be a part of that. It's a good time to be here, and yep. uh, fortunate to be able to be a part of this. Amen. So, yeah. 
All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening again today. And, uh, you know, keep track on Facebook and Twitter uh, with uh, the Grind AR and ABSC Church Planting on Facebook. And we'll have uh, all these episodes kind of released there. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. We got a couple of new reviews here recently. Uh, thank you, um, uh, Thomas Sewell. Hey, I got a mug and a T-shirt coming your way. And to B.D. Clayton, uh, who wrote a most recent interview in December, uh, I would love to hear from you. That was a great review you put on there. Appreciate that. It sounded like you were out of state. And so we'd love to hear from you. Man, I got a gift for you. Uh, you can shoot Chad or I an email at dmcclung, D-M-C-C-L-U-N-G, at absc.org, or C Grigsby uh, at absc.org. And, or The uh, Grind, right? Or, or The Grind. Uh, yeah. yeah, at uh, absc.org. And so uh, yeah. I appreciate those reviews. That bumps us up on iTunes a little bit, makes us a little more visible. And so we thank you guys for that. And uh, great stuff coming. Uh, Neil Cole coming up in April. Keep that on your calendar. Don't forget that. And uh, some other things in the works. Uh, we've got a podcast and a live podcast and uh, interview with Alan Hirsch coming up. We're real excited about. And and uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, he's just a hoot to talk to. And so uh, appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, we'll see you. Keep grinding.